0: coming up on Sleep, Eat, Perform, Repeat.
1: A few occasions, we lost all revenue, all revenue streams. For a good, like a six month period, we had no money. We, I remember we sat downstairs in this warehouse with like dust floating around, no electrics on. All of us concluded that it doesn't matter. Like, it it doesn't matter if we lose this building. It doesn't matter if we get no money. Mulligan Brothers, even without the revenue, still inspires change. So we'll do it no matter what. Some great stories coming up today from our guest,
0: Jordan Mulligan. But first, big thanks to the overarching sponsor of the show, Hawora. It's a performance well-being growth partner that looks to impact on individual and organizational health and well-being through four key pillars, physical, mental, social, and occupational. So do make sure to check it out at haworalife.com, H-A-U-O-R-A-Life.com.
2: Welcome to Sleep, Eat, Perform, Repeat with your hosts, David Clancy and Kieran Dunn. This is a podcast about high performance. What we are striving to achieve is to figure out what makes high-performing individuals tick, why they do what they do, and why they are successful. Enjoy a journey of stories, lessons, and learnings. Today, we spoke with Jordan Mulligan, CEO of Mulligan Brothers and film director. Mulligan Brothers is a self-development platform and community with interviews covering everything from quotes, advice, lessons and inspiring stories. They've reached over 200 million views and amassed over 1 million supporters on all platforms. Their mission is to inspire change worldwide and help with the development of a successful lifestyle for all. Mulligan Brothers looks to inspire and motivate through story and film. Recent documentaries and interviews include Inky Johnson, Mark Billy Billingham, Jay Morton, Bugsy Malone, Wim Hof, Aldo Kane, Master Shi Heng Yi, Ben Francis, and the Stoltman Brothers. Jordan is the CEO and is living his life full of passion and purpose after a personal tragedy. We speak about what the mission of Mulligan Brothers is and the essence behind Inspire Change, their call to arms. We unpack when things don't go to plan, adaptability and the reflections after those crucible moments, like when cameras don't work during a filming session. Jordan tells us about the process of research for their work Hard work, working relationships with family, and sheds light on his typical working day. Be ready to be inspired. Jordan Mulligan, thanks very much for coming on the show to uh, spend some time with the two of us. How is life treating you these days?
1: Uh, thank you for having me on, first of all. I do appreciate it. And uh, life is treating me very good. Um, just Living my dream right now, so yeah, I'm, I'm living my best life. It's fucking fantastic. Oh, am I allowed to swear? Well, you've done it now, anyway. <laughs> <so. laughs> it comes out mean. with passion,
0: no problem at all. Where are you? Where that's a nice studio you're in. Whereabouts are you?
1: So we're based in Nottingham, UK. Um, so this is our first studio. Um, we've got like the upstairs offices where myself and my two other brothers work, and then all the staff are downstairs editing away. And we've got a really big team behind us. So yeah, every, everyone's kind of working in the building. It's going. Pretty good at the moment, so yeah. Living the dream. Living like the that, dream.
2: That's, that's pretty cool, right? Like not everyone can say that. That's what people are trying to understand when they talk about purpose and values and all this kind of stuff. How did you manage to get to the point that you're living your dream?
1: You know, I haven't been living my dream for a long time. So for, I've always trying to, I've been trying to pursue what I thought was my dream. As a youngster, I tried to play basketball to a professional level. I was targeting the NBA, like that was my goal. And life kind of stomped those dreams out a little bit, you know, had bills to pay, responsibilities. So eventually through just uh, the pressures of life, I ended up doing jobs I hated. Uh, I was working minimum wage jobs, uh, tele-sales, door-to-door sales, I was laboring for this company for years and years, and they used to pay me like half minimum wage. Like, I didn't have I didn't have qualifications and stuff, so it was very difficult to get a job. So I was doing that for a long, long time, and then my I, I spoke about this publicly. So my, my son passed away. Um, I was really shit situation at the time. My son passed away. Uh, I was running a business The didn't, wasn't going so well. And I was also working this job on the side to try and pay for the credit card debt and the bills that there was coming through this business. And then my son died, and I was like, I'm not doing this anymore. Like, I'm just not going to pursue something I do not want to do. At the time, my brother was running Mulligan YouTube channel, and it, it got like 30,000 subscribers. And he was like, Hey, do you want to come work for me and do something you enjoy? Because I used to love filmmaking. And as soon, as soon as I made the first video, and you know, there was a comment on it like, "Hey, this really helped me." That was it. It like clicked. I'm like, I'm never going back. And uh, from that point on, it was like I, I knew exactly what I wanted. And it's just the the knowing of what I wanted just got deeper and deeper and deeper till today, where like six years on, it's it's who I am now. Trying to inspire change through videos and content. It's me. Like, and so yeah living my dream man absolutely every day I wake up and it's just a blessing that I can do this
0: so just diving in you obviously faced huge adversity um, with your son and getting over that must have been very challenging and very difficult it must take a long time yeah. how inspiring for you is it now that you're given the platforms with the videos with your content and your platform to mm. other people to overcome adversity themselves yeah
1: massive it's, it's, it's massive so one of the things that i said when when jacob died finding mulligan brewers and the content creation it was for me it was about his name him not dying in vain you know like every piece of content that i create is to help somebody and it sounds a bit messed up but for me it's like jacob's death means that other people are inspired and motivated and helped in similar situations. So for me, it's about him not dying in vain. And that drives everything, you know, to the, the documentaries we want to do, the films we want to do, that's to, it has to be to inspire change. It has to be to help people. And it honestly means the world. Like one, one comment for me on a, on a video or a, or a message in my DMs will keep me going for like a year. On, and I'll go downstairs, I'll tell the staff, like, hey, some guy just messaged me, like, you need to understand this content you're creating, what what's what that video you just made has made somebody lose a hundred pounds of weight. Or some of the some of the darker ones are people like, you know, being through similar situations as me, like, I don't know if I can carry on. Like, I don't know uh, contemplating suicide. Like, people we get this message a lot. Like, I was contemplating suicide, I've seen some of the videos, and you know, it's really helped me. I'm going to seek therapy and see groups it's like if we've affected one person's life in that way that's that's more than enough for me but like you said at the start of this like the the goal is a billion that's that's the goal to touch a billion people to really affect a billion people um, and have impact on them through film and content
2: going back to that first video right six years ago you were saying
1: Mm. What was it what was that process
2: like for you? I mean kind of putting your stamp on it, finishing it, saying, well look, it's it's out there now. What was that like?
1: So, I was I had I had this women's gym, that was my business at the time. And we had this wet, dank room in the back of the building which is like a storeroom, and I said to my brother, I was like, "Hey, we should start Mulligan Brothers company in there. Like we should like move into there we'll work out this room so we was doing that and we was like leaflet leaflet dropping in the daytime for my gym to try and get new clients coming through and then we was editing videos in the daytime and the the process was a lot of myself and Luke my other brother was just talking just talking about like what we're trying to achieve and it was the early conversations were talking about where we are now like what this could be and we was just talking about uh, inspiring change, a billion people. And with that vision inside and really like a vision that's quite far and strong down in, in the future, the content created itself. Like once you know what you're aiming for, it kind of started to create itself. So I knew exactly what Luke, Luke wanted I knew exactly what Mulligan Brothers and the viewers wanted. And it was quite an easy process at that point to create. I, don't, I was quite decent at video editing. I had a real passion for filmmaking and it, but the vision and the discussions that we had about what we were trying to achieve just created the content. It, and it's, it's been that way ever since.
0: And what was the alignment? What were the conversations like? Did you both have the same picture of what the roadmap would look like?
1: Yeah. I think we, we egg each other on. So it's like, <laughs> you know, we'll start with, you know, one day we'll make a documentary. Like, like that's probably where it started. You know, we could make inspirational documentaries. We could be interviewing athletes and filming athletes and, that's that's where we want to aim. Um, And then it would go, well, if we're going to do that, then we need to have our own production studio and we need a studio house and we're going to have staff and then we're going to, we need a building to do that out of and a studio. So it it started to tumble into that. And within the space of about a a month, we were talking about, you know, studio houses and a a production company that could produce inspiring documentaries and inspiring content. And then I, I guess it was just a lot of talking about how important the work was early on, because we, there was such a small subscriber count. If somebody messaged you, it didn't get lost. You know, like now if somebody messages, it might get lost in a thousand other messages or emails, but a message meant so much back then. And we'd, it still does, it still does, but you know, I would see it a lot more often. And I'd see, you'd see a message and you'd see what it meant. And that would be the conversation for a week like remember that guy that guy who 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 found that video and it helped that's what we're making videos for and you know that just be, like became the conversation quite quickly and that's kind of at the core of the company now is like what people say and how people benefit from what we do is why we do it and how we create the content
2: coming up with saying inspiring change in a billion people early days but, you know big goals big goals yeah. At what point early on in the journey, did you guys realize, wait a second, this is starting to get some traction and taking off and this actually is starting to happen. Mm. We're going to be able to stay with this.
1: So I think there was two, two marker points I would say. And I think people probably think that's, ha- you've been handed it on a silver platter here, but I'll, I'll say it anyway, because it's interesting story. I think we, there was around 15,000 subscribers. So this was just before I came on board. I was getting phone calls. I thought my family like, George, pick, pick your fucking phone up, man. I was, like, I was like, I think I was at basketball and I was like, what's going on? So I picked the phone up and was like, you never guess who just shared a Mulligan Brothers video. And I was like, who, who was it? I was like, Leonardo DiCaprio just shared a Mulligan Brothers video. So my brother Luke had made, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio did a UN speech for uh, climate change. And Luke had like made this video about the UN speech that he did. And on Twitter, um, Leonardo DiCaprio shared it and he put, thanks Mulligan brothers for making this piece. It really hits home. So like, that was a one where it was like, hold on. like, you know, like, what's it, what's it? Is it seven degrees of separation? Or
0: it was yeah, like, six, yeah. Leonardo,
1: six degrees. <clears throat> Leonardo DiCaprio is like one degree of separation right yeah. now. Like that's just mental. And like, that, I think that was a point where it was all like, whoa, shit, this could be, this could be huge. The annoying thing was, is we didn't have Twitter set up so oh. it led to no social media interaction or followers or anything. Oh god! Um, so it kind of like fell on you know deaf ears, but it was a big thing for us to go holy shit! Leonardo DiCaprio recognized work that we did. Um, yeah. So that that was a big moment. I think that was a like a a, a realization that whole, we can because I think the film industry is one of them things you're not allowed to be involved. If you if you're not part of the industry, you're not allowed to be involved. So. Leonardo doing that for us was like, well, hold on a sec. There's a there's a little slight opening in the door. And like we can go through it if we if we decide to. Um, but yeah, it, did, it didn't lead to much. But I'd say the second biggest thing was like, hold on, we can do this forever. Is we had a number in our head. It was it was 40 pounds a day. So at my other job, that's what I used to get, 40 pounds a day. And I said to my, we said, if I can get to 40 pounds a day, I could make ends meet and make it so I could live on 40 pounds a day. The month I came on. I noticed the YouTube algorithm that if you made a longer form video, YouTube algorithm was um, favoring it at the time. So we started creating longer form content and the channel just started to take off and like really blow up. And we saw exponential growth. And I got my 40 pounds a day and I was like, that's it. We're going full time. So I went full time. Luke was then full time. And my brother, William was, who had living in Australia. He was, we was talking to him and like, Hey, come, come back. Let's start this thing. So he came back. Um, and he started it and then all three of us had the same vision the same goal and I think we didn't at that point we didn't even need external approval or you know we didn't need anything because our dreams and the fact that how much work we were putting into it was like this is going to happen no matter what like we'll we'll make sure it's going to happen because all three of us believe in it
0: and then obviously you had them two landmark moments where things were going well was there any stage where you were facing into and you were like this ugh, I'm not really seeing this was there anything you had to do to get yourself up and to get yourself back to make another video to make more content? Or was it naturally like a flywheel that just kept getting better?
1: It, it, it definitely like snowballed. Like at the, at the start, there was, I think, a lot of naivety. You know, I mean, that's the way we've done everything we do, like just pure naivety. So that lasts about two years, three years. <laughs> a, a pure naivety, like this is, we're going to be in Hollywood soon. This is it, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and then there was some massively low moments, like, there was some really big low moments. We, a few occasions, we lost all revenue, all revenue streams. Uh, we had for a good, like a six month period, we had no money. We just bought this building. The banks wouldn't loan us any money. So we put, we had to put everything into the building because we we couldn't get loans. The The building needed renovating. We had so, you know, it would really up shit's creek without a paddle at this point and it's like, we, I remember we sat downstairs in this warehouse with like dust floating around, no electrics on. Yeah, like thinking we're going to lose this building, we're going to lose everything. And we all sat there and was like, what are we going to do? And I remember all of us concluded that it doesn't matter. Like, it, it doesn't matter if we lose this building. It doesn't matter if we get no money. Mulligan Brothers, even without the revenue, still inspires change. So we'll do it no matter what. And, and the plan was to get uh, go back to work and each of us to get a job fund Mulligan Brothers so we can still make the content to help people. And funny enough, like a few days later, we got the revenue back. Things started snowballing again. And so, yeah, there there were some really hard moments. But I think the end goal and the end vision of helping people and inspiring people is just once that's so strong, you know, I think needing coping mechanisms to get through the tough times, which we all do. Like I've got little tips and tricks to help me. But the biggest thing that pulls through is that end vision, you know, that pu- the purpose of why you're doing it is everything. And that's gonna get you out of bed on the shitty, on the shitty days. And it, it definitely did for us.
2: With regards to your videos, what do you really try to put in as the style? Like what's the signature of your videos that makes them different to the other inspirational videos that we might see out in the internet?
1: So I would, I would say originally when we first started, YouTube was a bit of a, the wild, wild west. You could get away with anything. And we were using, it's called uh, Fair Usage. Every Everybody still does this today. Like they still use Fair Usage, but I was aware that Fair Usage is a very gray area. So we wanted to change that. But before that we was uh, very, I'd say every single video had like a story. It was important that, you know, if, if, we was, if we was doing a, a video on a certain person, it, it would be a story. Um, it felt more like a documentary. It felt more like a solid piece, not just a load of random stuff put together, unless it was like for a gym pump up or something like that, but it, was, it felt more like a story. But with, the, with, with ourselves, um, we want to get better. Our end goal is to be documentary makers, making films in Hollywood, like all these big goals. So doing fair usage content like all the other motivational channels on YouTube is not something that aligns with our end goals. Like we had to change that. So we were very, very keen to start doing documentary style pieces. And and that meant we had to go film people and that meant we had to buy cameras and learn how to use cameras and really like hone these crafts and become really good filmmakers. So today our content is much different than any, uh, me personally, any other YouTube uh, motivational YouTube channel there is. And I think different than any other YouTube channel because our focus is on inspiration and motivation. So today, uh, I would say our way we create content is inspirational documentaries, just many, many pieces. And we've had to, each piece of content we have, we drive out to somewhere. We don't know what the situation is gonna be, who we're interviewing most of the time. We don't know how much time we've got. We don't know how much footage they're gonna give us, how much workout time or whatever it is they're gonna give us. And it's like this amazing little film school where I've got two hours to really do the best that I can possibly do and create this mini documentary and inspirational content. I'll give you this story. Yesterday, we, we, um, we drove to London to do a piece on a guy called Shifu Li, and he's a Shaolin monk from China. And um, I was expecting an interview in a temple and then we're gonna do a workout in a park afterwards. But what happened was, is it was an interview in the tiniest little London apartment, really tight, um, which is very difficult to get all your camera gear set up. And then the workout was in the exact same room. So So the whole thing has been created inside this room. We had about an hour to do everything. And then also one of the cameras decided to pack up right before we shoot it. So... It's like this, for us, it's like this. I feel like that's felt in the documentaries. Like, they're not formulaic. They're completely different each time. And yeah, inspirational documentaries. That's a long way of saying what our content's like.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's a passionate way of saying it. Just Mm. when we do these podcasts, it was a way for us to learn. we chat to interesting people, better ourselves from connecting with people who can teach us stuff. When you leave, say, the documentary like you did yesterday from London or you make a video and you... You get that inspiration. How much does it change what you do and how much energy do you take from that person that you've just interacted with?
1: Honestly, like, uh, it's like, uh, you guys must know, right? Mm -hmm. So you guys do this. in loads, loads, (laughs) honestly. Um, It's like, sometimes I'll describe it like I'm this sponge of other people's experiences (laughs) and information, like I get to, it's so crazy. So yeah, just yesterday in particular, the guy was like, so he was a Shaolin monk, but he was not traditional Shaolin monk. In fact, I think he's kind of against what Shaolin, the Shaolin monastery and the Shaolin monks have become. And he's like this really quite aggressive, in a nice way, but like he's really aggressive and attacks his goals in a really aggressive way. Is like, When someone's got something like an overriding, like feeling or way of being in an interview, you do take a bit of that away. You do absorb that a little bit. And for me, like, I, I mean, I'm already kind of, quite aggressive with the way I, I, I moved towards my goals, but it just it just amps it up a little bit. So yesterday I was like a little bit amped upon it. Like, yeah, let's,
0: you know, <laughs> let's
1: get, let's get this shit, man. Let's go get it. So, and every single time, sometimes I go away and it's like, um, like life changing. Some of the stuff that I hear, I'm like, wow, like this is really changed the perspective and changed the way I'm going to think about certain things. And, you know, it's just a big journey because we're going to be doing hundreds and hundreds, maybe even thousands more interviews in the future. And, uh,
2: Adaptability, right, is something we hear a lot when we speak to high performers. You're in a situation yesterday when you're thinking, I'm in a temple, you've got a great park after, and then you're in a little living room, camera goes kaput five minutes before your shooting. How can you keep it cool and perform under pressure when you know, need a nice end product, You know, we're putting our badge in it, this is important for us, we want this to be the best we can make it, but you've got all this stuff that's kinda out of your control
1: i mean i i love i love those situations it's it's why i i love what we do like every single day something new the harder it is the more difficult it is the more spanners that are thrown in like <laughs> the better for me i fucking love it um so that helps like <laughs> enjoying it um i've never I, I don't think the pressure's ever got to me where i'm like i can't do this like i think i think an awareness that that's that's part of the plan like that's that's part of the process you know the harder it is usually the better the reward is so for me the the more difficult it gets and the more things that are thrown in the more resistance i get i start to believe this sounds a bit like spiritual but i start to believe like the universe is pushing against it because on the other side of it is worthwhile the the more more difficult it is to climb over that hill for me the better the view is going to be like i'm and I'm a big believer of that. So the more difficult it gets, the more I start to smile and like grin. I'm like, this is really fucking something good's coming. I can feel it. And funny enough, it it usually is. And sometimes that will be, you'll be met with a genuine reward and success, but sometimes it will just be the sense of reward. You know, you get, you get back in the car at the end of the day, at the end of the shoot and go, we really smashed that. Like we really smashed that. And I'd say a, a big one for me is if it's difficult and and stuff's being thrown all over the place and, it, and you get to the end of the day and you go, we, we produced a good piece of content or we, we produced the best content we possibly could. You've just made, you've taken your skill level to a, to the next level. You've been tested in a situation that really needed to happen because now your skill level is higher. And uh, I'll, I'll sit in the car afterwards and really think about that and think, yeah. So like yesterday, I was it was a really shit situation to shoot a mini dock in, but... I remember coming away like, and I'll look at all the good points and I'll be like, yep, yeah, we smashed that. That piece of content is going to help somebody. We did our job um, and we did it to the best of the ability that we possibly could. What could I have done better? Could have checked the camera before I left the studio in Nottingham and I would have found out that there was an issue with the firmware. Could have updated it the day before. So then I'll start to implement that into the plan for next time. You know, now I know I've got a camera that needs to be fixed. So uh, you know, these, these little things where you can make yourself better and you can learn from situations like that.
0: And then just talking personally about the process that goes into one of the videos or the documentaries, what's your favorite part what's the part that you're like, "Yes, I get to do this now
1: I mean the research is amazing the, the research is amazing I, I, again the, the the annoying thing with the research is i'm researching a few people at the same time, so sometimes like my mind really has to I have to have it clear, um, otherwise I can be picking up something from a shallow monk and then <laughs> i could be doing a military guy and i could you, you start to get it confused in your head so you really have to focus on the single one but i do enjoy the research the best thing i could do is if the person's read uh, wrote wrote a book i'll read their book and that's that's my favorite thing because um, meeting that person in real life there's a real connection the best is the filming for me nothing beats it so it, the situation like yesterday is just what i live for like uh, genuinely i absolutely live for it um something that could have made it better is if I was in a different country where I didn't speak the language I didn't know what was going on um that would make it even better um (laughs) like just mad situations where I've got to try and pull something off it's kind of how the company started um when we started filming our projects we were just in some stupid situations and I've just loved that ever since so that's what I really thrive on
2: what's a typical day look like for you
1: but fairly boring if I'm not shooting, I'm oh, very dis- boring.
2: D- disappointing answer that is
1: yeah so um let me t- I'll just t- my, my average day is I will wake up at 5 a.m I'll come to the studio and work out that's that's my usual thing I've been because we've been doing a lot of traveling recently I've been really terrible with my mornings but that would be you know if I were to give you my average year that's what I'd be doing 5 a.m starts I get up, I'll I'll do my weight sessions in the morning. Um, I do a lot of powerlifting. A lot, I'm starting to do a lot of strong man, obviously, with a documentary. I'm trying to get into sort of what the boys are doing. Oh, man, yeah. yeah. And um, so I'll do the I'll do the workouts. And then the rest of it is, you know, this company, there's so many different moving parts. People see Mulligan Brothers and think that's it. There's so much stuff that goes on behind the scenes that we have to get we have to get done. And I'm the CEO of the company, so I have to make sure that everything's happening and it all has to be juggled. And my day is basically a big mess of just trying to do everything um, and, and get it all done. And then one thing I have started to do recently is I'll finish at six. So usually I would I would get up at five, I'd work out and I'd work through to the day till, till midnight, fall asleep, get up again. Um, and I started to find it more productive now to finish at six, switch off, which is very difficult, but switch off and then just spend time with my family and just chill out for a bit.
0: Excellent. And you were going through the process learning and you've always been someone who's tried to make things work. An entrepreneur trying to look at the next best thing and putting all your energy behind it. Was there anyone in the industry, be that powerlifting, be that video content, be that in business, that really inspired you and you always looked as maybe a mentor?
1: Uh, Loads. There was loads. Currently, um, someone who inspires the shit out of me is Luke Stoltman, you know, who we're working with. And me and him bounce off each other. Like, so I'm going up there next week and like, It's great. I'm going to be shooting a documentary, but one of the biggest things I can take away from that is that me and Luke are going to be able to have conversations about business and, you know, thinking for the future. Um, So Luke's a huge one Um, before Luke, you know, people like Gary V a lot of the motivational guys who we work with um, and do pieces on those were my inspirations. It's funny. Like when I first started business, I was reading all the business books, you know, um, one of my favorite books was Robert Green and it was on, it was called the 50th law. Which was a take on 50 Cent. The 50 Cent Point. one, yeah. And um, I think that sparked a lot for me because the, I felt like I had a, certain things in common. I know it sounds silly, but c- certain things in common. And I started to, to really go towards people who it really taught me to look for inspiration and motivation in people who you wouldn't normally look towards, you know, like 50 Cent we can see he's successful. There's gotta be a story there, you know, there's gotta be. So then it became like athletes. Um, I was playing basketball, like Michael Jordan, Shaquille O'Neal. Um, mm-hmm. I'd, I'd read their biographies. Um, Alan Sugar was a huge one. I read his book and like, he was mm-hmm. massive for me. Like, so yeah, people, people who have been in similar situations to me, who I feel like I can relate to, they're the guys I would look for in the early days for inspiration, for sure.
2: Flipping-ish we often hear success leads clues. Now we're hearing, you know, Robin Sharma, 5 a.m. start. You're getting up at five, you're hitting the gym hard, right? Powerlifting, strongman, not easy training, right? You're not just jumping on a Stairmaster for 20 minutes. So if people are trying to perform really optimally and kind of set themselves on a goal and really get to it, what are the other big pieces in your day, the big rocks, the habits that really can help forge that? Maybe it is the early training, what's the rest?
1: I wouldn't. I don't think this is sensible for everybody. It, it works for me. Is just is do stuff that's hard. Like do stuff that's really difficult. And then some people like work smart, not hard. And I, I do agree with that. But sometimes doing stuff that you don't want to do is for me. That's the sharpening of the tool. That's everything. So like I'll do ice baths in the morning as well, or I'll jump or at night. I'll jump into into the lake nearby us, and it's freezing. And it's like I don't want to. I don't want to do that. I, I do in some ways, but. You know, when I'm stood on the edge of the I don't want to take the leap into freezing cold water, but it, it, it makes me better. Um, it makes me have a stronger mindset. So do stuff that is difficult for sure. And then the other one is just absorb as much information as you can. And we live in a world now and my job's like this all the time where I'm busy all the time. Absorbing information is very difficult. I'm very fortunate that I have to do for my job. I have to interview people. So I have to absorb information. But if I had free time, I'd be reading books I I love watching documentaries. Like I I, I do it all the time. Like documentary is my biggest thing. Like I watch docs all the time. And you know, you're getting an insight into someone's life. Like watch that documentary and really think about the journey that these people have been on. And then this is the biggest one for me recently is really start to have a self-awareness about every aspect of your life. Mental health, uh, physical, um, your relationships that you've got, uh, your your work life really, really have awareness, aware, the biggest thing that I can take away from every single person I spoke to, and a big change for me recently, is awareness is the most important thing, like in terms of fixing something that you don't like in your life, awareness is the first thing you need to figure out. And um, sometimes that means sitting down and taking a moment meditation, um, you know, really having like an introspective look at yourself. So yeah, there are a few things, I guess. Then you mentioned relationships
0: and not many people blend family and life and work life very well. How's the dynamic work for you and how do you keep that good relationship going when shit hits the fan and things don't go it's, your way?
1: It's difficult. It is so, so difficult. Um, it's probably one of my hardest things that I struggle with. Um, one thing I've done, done recently is I've started receiving therapy. So I, I handled, handled the death of Jacob fairly well. I mean, you can't obviously, but fairly well in terms of I went through the grieving process. It was horrible, but there, there was a load of things that developed as unhealthy habits. And one of them is this obsession I have with work. And I w- I'm in a happy place if I'm working 12, 14 hours a day. I'm happy, like genuinely my mental health is happy. My family's not. So like wrestling with that is, is very, very difficult for me. And I'm probably not the person to give advice on it. I mean, again, awareness is a big thing. So that, that's not an introspective awareness, although that helps, you know, I realize that working a lot is a coping mechanism that I have. I'm avoiding certain things, so that's, that's good. I've got an introspective look on that. But how does that affect other people? So you have to have an outward look. And um, I think if, you, if it makes you happy, if it genuinely makes you happy and it's difficult but if it makes you happy then you, i feel that you should pursue it if it's helping other people i feel you should pursue it and you need to you need to have a look how that affects other people you need to at least be aware how it's affecting other people so I, i'm very aware that my work affects my personal relationships and you need to ask yourself are you willing to pay that price and it's you know it's a bit of a sociopathic I probably, I probably am willing to pay that price, which is, yeah, it's tough. It, it's hard, man. I don't know what to say, to be honest. It's just a very difficult thing. I'd love to know your guys' thoughts on that.
0: It's interesting. We had some military U.S. Navy SEALs we spoke to, mm. and they would have said that their awareness didn't pick up until they left yeah. maybe the command or when they returned home and their family it's relationships too late. Yeah, were affected. Mm. So an early awareness, that was the biggest thing they said. Right, okay. And then, you know, for me, I used to travel an awful lot with basketball, mm. a
2: lot, um, like every two weeks and young family. And there was a conversation, I can remember a couple of conversations when she's like, you travel so much. Mm. And it kind of made me think about, I don't want to miss my little man growing up or my daughter. And I had to recalibrate at the time, you know. Mm.
1: So that's, that's, I would say somewhere I'm at right now is I am thinking about my son, you know, I, the world's strongest man. I was away for six weeks. You know, I've, I've never been away that long before. And one of the tough things was is whilst I was out there, I didn't think of him that much. Um, so the way the way I work with being away is I don't think about home. I try and put it out as back into the back of my mind because as soon as it seeps in, I'm terrible. Like, I will start to think about my son, Jude, and I'll be like, I need to get home. Like, I can't. So I really have to be quite horrible about it. And, you know, I really have to start to think about the film. but. You know, it's, it's about working whether that lifestyle can work for you guys is in a relationship and for your family is like, can I be away for six weeks and then back for six weeks and that when you're back for six weeks you're great and you know you're really present and you're there. But yeah it's tough man, Pursue, pursuing something, especially where you are the most invested in it that's difficult that's difficult other people aren't going to understand the psychology of, of why you want to be a basketball player so badly or why you want to be a filmmaker so badly it's very difficult to no one understands what's going on in here for you so yeah awareness helps though for sure yeah
0: the other thing you said there be, being present when you're back mm. when you're back home a lot of people will be in the place in the environment with family but maybe their their mind is in work and that's the mm. biggest thing so if you're in work be there but when you're home that's your family time that's 100%. relationship time
1: hundred percent. So I uh, spoke to a guy called Cal Newport. I don't know if you've, you've yeah, seen him yeah. out. Yeah. Yeah. Deep work um, life without email. And uh, he said one of his biggest things was when you finish the work, you finish. So at six, if you say six o'clock, shut off, you are shut off. You, your phones down, you're not going to answer emails. You tell people that you're not going to answer emails. You're not going to answer calls and that's it. And that's been a very productive thing for me. Again, the issue I have is my company's like, there's a lot of people who might message for an interview who are massive and I'll get a message off someone say, Hey, do you know, these guys have DM'd like, what what are you going to do? They want an answer now. That hurts. That hurts the the six o'clock shut off. But um, yeah, if you can be so decisive and and then the other thing is up until six, you're going to be a lot more productive. You've not Mm -hmm. got as much, you've not got till midnight to carry on doing your work. You've got till six. You better get everything finished. So, yeah.
2: So, we want to look at an inspirational video right but we're f- we're flipping it so we touched on michael jordan we all remember that jump shot russell slips against the jazz boom amazing moment in time so say a five second clip you're on court you're saying you're a basketball player you nearly made it what's what's your move what's that five second clip look like
1: i'm on i'm on the floor fighting for the loose ball that's me i'm i'm pushing everyone out of the way to get the rebound i'm Dennis Rodman. Yeah, Dennis Rodman, man. That's Charles Barley. I, I was like, I was. I'm, I'm only six seven, but I was a center. So like, I'm. I'm a bit of a dog with it. So like, I'm. I'm standing on your toes. I'm elbowing the chest, and I'm going out. I'm trying to find a ball. Yeah, yeah. So I was. The only one of the biggest plays that sticks out for me was was playing Liverpool, and um, there was a loop, we was we was down by two, and the ball, but like. It was like a low bounce out of bounds, really low bounce out of bounds. So, and it's some speed, so it's it's going flying. Nobody's trying to get that ball, but I would. My my thing is that I would always go for everything. So yeah, I ran, dived from feet on the line, dived and grabbed it and just threw it back in bounds, hit it off the back of one of their players, and then it was out. it was our possession. And um, that's so, that's the only play that really sticks with me. I hit a couple game winners, but that that's me. Like, and I. F- I remember one time we was, um, was in basketball and our coach, have you ever watched the film, uh, oh God, the, with the drummer, um, Miles Teller, um, Oh yeah. Oh, Whiplash. 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 And he's, whiplash. and he's, yeah. And he's, he's, the scene where he said, like, are you rushing or dragging? And he's slapping him That's across right. the face. My coach was just like that. It's like he'd watched that film. Right. <laughs> um, courtesy, I'll say courtesy Xavier, because you he'll love that. And, uh, <laughs> a proper hard coach. And, um, I remember there was this, this time was in a session, we used to do like two hour sessions and I was doing a hook shot, like dribble, dribble to the center a <laughs> little hook shot. Yeah. And it was perfect. Like I'm on about, like I was hitting it perfect. It was, I just kept hitting it. And uh, he was like, wrong. So I'd hit it and he'd go wrong. I was like, okay. He was like, do it again. And like I didn't know what to change, but I changed something wrong. And genuinely, for about three hours. So the sessions for two hours, we was on court an extra hour, and he was just drilling me to get this this hook shot. It never it never changed. Nothing ever happened, and he was just trying to see at what point I would give in and quit. Like he, he so he's done it. He's done it to me, he did it to me before with like sprinting drills, but he just wanted to see at what point I would break, and I didn't. I just carried on going. i would have been there all night, and. Um, Afterwards, we was in was in the changing rooms, and the whole team sat around and I I was about sixteen, and I'm with these men because I was was on the men's team. and There was I was and so it's it's like a U shape. These benches, and I'm sat on the end. and He goes through every single person. He asks, "What are you exceptional at?" and he goes through, and no one says anything. Like they're all like you know tails between the legs. And he gets to me, and I knew what I was going to say. I'm tough, and that's what I said to him. I'm exceptionally tough, and then i said it and he dogs me out in front of everybody and he's like screaming at me like about like you think you're tough what about f1 drivers you think you're that tough i was like yeah i'm that tough coach that's how tough i am i'm not tough like you, uh, and i just carried on going i'm tough and I'm tough, I'm tough. and then he like there was this moment like movie moment and he likes and he goes yeah Jordan is tough he says none of you are exceptional except Jordan, who's tough and it was like a big moment for me and that's how i played my whole basketball career you know like uh I wasn't amazing. I wasn't super athletic, but I was just super tough. Like I'm diving on every single ball. I'm I'm trying to get everything
2: get to Nottingham for one-on-one in time.
1: Yeah, yeah, you'd probably destroy me,
2: but yeah. Nah, <laughs> it would be a hustle battle. That would be that Yeah, that would be, that'd be good. What be are you? 6-4. 6, four. six five. I'm 6-5 nearly 6-6, six, six, yeah. Oh, right. yeah, yeah. I was, I was power yeah. four. I was a four, power forward, yeah.
1: Yeah, it's probably what I, I mean, I started of develop towards the power forward towards stretch, the end, yeah.
0: Stretch forward, not oh, really. All right, we set that we set that up so for next year. Yeah.
1: We can, we've got, we've got yeah. court here, so you can come and play if you wanted to. You Happy days.
0: And then just thinking back to young Jordan sitting on the end of the bench or your son now, what's the one bit of advice you really want them to hone in on
1: and keep? Trust the process. Trust the process. Massive. In, in adversity, when everything's against you, if you can really trust the process and you've got that end goal, you'll be, you'll be sound. And just work harder than anybody on planet Earth. And I think that's the kind of mentality you've got to have is like, I'm the hardest worker on planet earth. You know, you hear, you hear like high high performing people like Dwayne Johnson or Kevin Hart says it. Um A lot of them say you were, or Will Smith, you won't outwork me. And it's like, I believe that. I don't believe me. And my brothers argue all the time. Who's the hardest worker. I am. I'm the hardest worker by far. He says the same thing. So, you know, <laughs> You've got to have that mentality. You gotta be you gotta be the hardest worker. Um, and trust the process for me, definitely.
2: What's next? What's the next big thing?
1: So the next big thing at the moment is the Stoltman Brothers documentary. So that's what we're working on at the moment. In fact, f- filming for the first documentary is finished. Uh, we, we're, we're pretty much wrapped up. My brother's just in this room behind me. Um, I'm not allowed in there because he's editing. There's a little sign on the door. You're not allowed to go in there. Uh, that's a deep, deep work zone that Cal Newport helped us develop in the company. But um, nice. he's, ed- he's editing right now and uh, the film's getting edited. So that's, that's next. Uh, the goal's Netflix. Beyond that, we've got, we're, we've started shooting the Stalkman Brothers 2. So we're in process of shooting that, and we've got. I've got a five-year plan to, to become the biggest documentary com- company in the world and documentary producers in the world. And we're on track right now. We've got the first film done this year. We need to start three documentaries, so I need two more docs, and we've got we've got about four in the pipeline. So I just need to get two of them secured and set up, and that will be that. And then, and then also a big thing happening next year is we're trying to buy a studio in LA. So that's going to be the next big purchase. Um, just because it's logistically for the YouTube company, we need to be on the West Coast. But yeah, that's probably the next, two biggest things that are happening right now.
2: Shaq's coming over to play. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, well, we wouldn't doubt you anyway. When people listen to this, no one will doubt you for them goals. So that's brilliant. Last question. You look at high performance, you look at influential people all the time. And we ask everybody we have conversations with, we want to ask you, Jordan, what does high performance mean to you?
1: I, I think it means being a part of a small percentage um, to be a high performer. Um, it's it's like an elite class of people that is a privilege to to aim towards. It's something I think everybody's capable of doing, but only few are willing to do the hard work and, and take the path to do it. And uh, if you're there or if you consider to be there, you're fortunate. And if you're on the journey there, you're fortunate as well. It's It's a... It's difficult, but it's, if you can start to enjoy that pain and those those difficult moments and you'll, you'll have fun at the top, the top of it as well. And you'll have fun when everything's going right. And yeah, it's a, it's a good place to aim towards. That's for sure.
2: Jordan Mulligan of the Mulligan brothers, really grateful. Thanks very much for inspiring us today and inspiring so many keep going get to 1 billion, do get to LA where we're following that journey. Thanks very much for your time today.
1: No, thank you for having me on. It's been an absolute pleasure.
2: Thank you for listening to today's episode of Sleep, Eat, Perform, Repeat, a story of high performance. This was brought to you by Howora, a whole person wellbeing company founded and run from Dublin, Ireland. Find out more at howoralife.com spelt H-A-U-O-R-A life.com. Please rate, review and share the podcast. Some people want it to happen, some wish it would happen, others make it happen. The GOAT, Michael Jordan